everybody, and welcome to The Chalk Box, the gymnastics podcast for gym rats. Uh, I am your host, Adri Garcia, and I am accompanied today by Jessica Coe. Um, we are both gymnastics coaches, and this is episode number one of our podcast. You know, I could have called it the back of the vault runway, as everybody knows who has spent any time in a gymnastics gym, because the chalk box and the back of the vault runway are the two most common spots where gymnasts congregate to chat. But, you know, the back of the vault runway just didn't have the same wow. ring to it. No. <laughs> Hi. Hi, Jess. This is like our third time trying to upload the beginning of our podcast, but I think we finally figured it out. Jess and Adri, take three. Seriously. <laughs> so, um, yes, I call it the podcast for gym rats because the definition of a gym rat is uh, it's a noun. Gym rat, somebody who spends all of their leisure time playing sports or working out in a gymnasium, i.e. an addict, a freak, a junkie, or a nut. And I think that pretty well fits most people I know in gymnastics gyms. What do you think? Oh, yeah. <laughs> My name is um, I'm a gym rat. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Me too. My name is Adrian. I am a gym rat. So I wanted uh, both of us to just do a quick introduction of ourselves, and then we will get started with episode number one. Yay. So like I said, my name is Adri Garcia. I have been a gym rat literally since birth. I was a little gym rattling straight out of the womb. Um, <laughs> I... I'm going to be a second generation gymnastics school owner. So I literally went to the gym before I came home from the hospital when I was born. Uh, I was a, gymna a gymnast for the first 17 years of my life. And for the last 22 years, I have been a gymnastics coach. Now there is a little overlap, so don't think you can add those two numbers and figure out my I was say, Adri, you're not that old. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that old, but I was still coaching while I was doing gymnastics. So gymnastics is definitely a central part of my life and always has been. And I just wanted to start this podcast because there are some great podcasts out there on gymnastics, but most of them center around elite gymnastics or college gymnastics. So I wanted one for us grassroots, us gym rats, just to talk about everyday things that affect our lives. I wanted to be able to talk about how USAG affects our gymnastics and things like that. So go ahead, Jess, take it away. Introduce yourself. My name is Jess. I am a gym rat. I came to Denver School of Gymnastics when I was 14, competed for them all through high school, started coaching when I was 14, and so now it's been 16 years. They can't get rid of me. We don't want to. <laughs> so, yeah, I love it. I know, and now you have your own little baby gym rat. He even has his little first gymnastics DSG onesie. What does it say on it? It says DSG, baby. Oh, it's Pretty so cute. sweet. Yes, I love it. You also got a picture of him napping next to the beams when he was just a few months old. Yes. See, gymnastics gyms are the best places to grow up in. <laughs> they are. So many mats and places to sleep. <laughs> Absolutely. So funny story. My brother's name is Matt. And one of our family names is James. So a lot of the men on my mom's side of the family's names are James. And so they wanted to name him James Matthew. But my parents ultimately decided against it because his nickname would have been Jim Matt. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. <laughs> I know. I, oh, I, loved, I just love that story. 
Your family so, that stuff, though. <laughs> totally. I'm surprised they didn't actually just roll with it. That's funny. So for our first episode, we wanted all of our listeners to know if they are, in fact, gym rats, if they have found themselves to the correct podcasts. So we are going to, we have both made lists about ways to know if you're a gym rat. And uh, you can kind of total up your score and see if you're actually a gym rat or not. I'm just going to kind of go back and forth here. So why don't you start us off, Jess? Well, I think a big one is music. I am a music junkie. But I have to say, it gets a little frustrating when I hear a funky tune and I'm like, oh man, why didn't they have this when I was a gymnast? Because this would make some killer floor music. Yeah, like regular songs on the radio? Yes. Or, or yeah. if I, where you're like, oh man, this beat's so redundant. Can you imagine if this was a floor music? <laughs> or I, I also hear like the background of movie scores and I'm always like, that is going to be the best floor music. I know someone's going to turn it into a floor music. And you start thinking, oh, tumble, the tumble here. Okay, down part, down part. You're, you're on the floor. You're, you're rolling around. <laughs> yeah, you like find yourself rolling around on your living room floor. Oh, yeah. I have done that more times than I would like to admit. Oh, my husband, he's used to it. I remember growing up and my mom during choreography season would literally like break into like this dramatic pose in the middle of a grocery story store aisle. And now I find myself doing the same thing. We've talked about that when we've learned different routines. Like I found myself prancing down the cereal aisle. Prance. Prance. Doing your compulsory floor routine. <laughs> and prance. Prance. When I was doing it. Or do you remember the old compulsory? I mean, the new ones probably still have it with like the voice. The When you're first learning yes. the compulsory routine and they have the voice. Yes. And you like know the dude's cadence and everything. And you can Round off. Flick, flack. Flick, flack. Yeah, can we just talk about that for a second? Because I know that it is a flick flack. But who calls it I, that? Yeah, who calls it that? No one. It's a backhand spring. Yeah. It's always, I've heard always zero spring. people call it a flick flack besides that guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I want to know who calls it a flick flack. Maybe we should put that out there. Yeah, please let us know. <laughs> please let us know. <laughs> okay, so my first one is that you have gone on errands in a leotard or you have worn a strange outfit like a leotard and snow boots out in public <laughs> yes I would say that's accurate or just chalk in general I mean as a coach I don't wear a leotard anymore but True. I leave the gym like I rolled around in chalk oh totally have you ever like walked up to a store and seen your reflection like after you left the gym and you like yeah oh, my, I look atrocious I wonder what other people think though I do wonder what people think. Because it's not normal to like have white stuff all over your black pants. <laughs> I know. I've, I've always wondered if they think I work at like a construction site, but you know, I'm like wearing leggings and a hoodie, so that's not very fitting. I don't really have any idea what they think. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You could go on to the next one. Um, sitting positions. Do you find yourself sitting in a straddle and a pipe? In the spoon oh, yeah. and a butterfly, or definitely the like straddle. Oh, uh, straddles all the time. It's most comfortable. It is definitely the most comfortable. Maybe when I was a gymnast, I would do splits just because I wanted to like keep them up. So I would watch shows or do homework in the splits occasionally. But you can't hold that for very long without being uncomfortable. Do you find yourself doing the splits now at home ever? 
Oh, speaking of splits, um, not at home as much, but every single time I am in like a gym, like Planet Fitness, like if I'm stretching myself, splits are just a standard part of me stretching. Yes. How do you stretch your body if not doing the splits? I would say that's a big gym rat thing of I, you go to the gym and people look at you. I think they might think you're showing off like because you're doing the splits and it's like, no, dude, I just don't know how to stretch like a normal person. Exactly. Or doing like handstands against the wall. Like I'm not showing off. I just really need to go upside down right now. I just, yeah, sudden urges to do handstands. I'd say that's a gym rat thing. Oh, actually that leads to one of mine. Where is it? Um, (laughs) The world is your gymnasium is one of mine. Oh yes. Go on about that. Yes. So just everything in the world, in the physical world, could potentially be a piece of gymnastics equipment. Like those little parking blocks are always balance beams and always have been. Oh, yeah. Or dangerous balance beams were the railroad tracks in Pittsburgh. Oh, oh, lovely. Yeah, I was actually going to ask. So I was just saying tree branches. I've totally done like pullovers. And so have my kids done pullovers on tree branches. Um, The kitchen counter, like who can resist a good kitchen counter? Where you can just like plant your legs up, yeah, planching all the time, bending <laughs> our elbows. Like, uh-huh. Yeah. So my question is, where is the craziest place you've ever done gymnastics? Ooh. Um, I used to love, I mean, finding the most creative handstand pictures. So I actually jumped up, did a pull up, um, kind of like a muscle up, actually. And then was up in a tree and did a press handstand. Oh. Until my leg hit a branch and. Wait, in the tree? You yeah. were like on a branch yeah, doing a press handstand? Up in the tree. Wow. Doing a press That's handstand. That is pretty impressive. Do you remember Marnie? So Marnie is one of our gymnasts. And do you remember when she was little and like climbed <laughs> up like a 30 foot tree and was like hanging? Yeah. That's why. Her brother. That's why your dad called her squirrel. Yeah, that's why her nickname is Squirrel, because she literally was, like, hanging from a 30-foot tree, and her brother had to, like, go get the emergency services. It's like trying to get a cat out of a tree, only it was a gymnast. Oh, God, I love our girls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have totally done gymnastics um, at the top of the Sears Tower in that glass box. We did handstands in that. That's fun. That was actually super awesome, but I do have to say that the kicking up, when you go to kick up, it was super trippy standing in a yeah. center rock. Yeah, because you're just like, feel right. yeah, well, you're headed downwards and you see a street like 104 floors beneath you. That was a little, that was a little, I don't think, I never thought I had a fear of heights until that moment. Yeah, but we're kind of crazy as gymnasts anyways. We're like, hey, let's run full speed at this stationary object. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> no, definitely <laughs> the world is your gymnasium. Um, I, the so, railroad okay. tracks was fun until my brother showed me up doing a full turn. He did a full turn on a railroad track and did it, totally stuck it. Oh, well, my brother is just annoying. He was never a gymnast. He did a kip the very first time he ever tried. That is annoying. That is so annoying. Every gymnast, learning the kip was so hard. Yeah, no, he literally did it on a high bar out of like a little jerk swing, not even like a tap swing. He just like jerked his legs back and did a kip. So basically a dead hang kip too. Wow. Show off. Yeah, super frustrating. Yeah, totally. I also did not that long ago. I mean, I'm I'm not old by any means, but like I would say four or five years ago, so like early 30s, I did a front handspring in the mall hallway. Oh my gosh, why? 
Because it was like long and skinny and empty. Ah, uh, see, I, I get that. It's like hotels. Can you resist doing a handstand walk down a hotel hallway? No, no, definitely can't resist no. that. Yeah. And no gymnast can resist the beach. Like the beach is a gymnastics oh. gym. Well, then you're going to do like, you know, double stag, like get some pictures in there. Oh, yeah. So funny story, back in the 70s when my mom was a gymnast, they used to have a, uh, a it was called the Long Beach Beach Meet. So they would have a gymnastics meet on the beach and they would like bring like whatever equipment that they could put on the beach uh, out there and everybody would compete. And if you ever won the meet, you could never go in it again. So my mom did win one year, so she couldn't go back in it, but it was like a big tradition. And the dudes used to do flying rings, not like the rings. They called it the flying rings. You could look it up on YouTube. And they're literally like swinging crazy high on the beach and doing like double backs off the rings onto the sand. Oh my gosh. That sounds like so much fun. And also like it would destroy your body instantly. Oh, I'm pretty sure. I like those would have been some great times to be alive when nobody seemed to care about like the risk of doing something crazy like that. Oh, yeah. That sounds fun. And also like I would regret it later. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're up. What's your next item on your list? Um, What about baby soft hands? I, I feel a little ashamed almost that I, I, I rub my hands. I'm like, oh. All my calluses are gone. I have like these baby hands that I truly never thought I would have. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. I don't think most gymnasts even know what baby soft hands feel like until they get older. I almost feel like I have a couple of calluses, but I'm not sure why, if that's just from like demonstrating a glide or something a couple times a week. Mm. I don't really know. But I went to go hold Gigi, my little one's hand, when she was laying in bed the other day. And she oh. totally had all these little tiny calluses on her little tiny hand. I was like, oh, you have gymnast hands. Oh, proud mom moment. It's adorable. What well, is- that leads me to my next one, which is battle wounds. Oh, yeah. We love showing those off. Let's be honest. Oh, yeah. Like... And, you know, obviously there's a distinction between, I always say there's a distinction between injuries and owies. So we're not talking about injuries here, but we do love ourselves some battle wounds like the beam bite. Oh, the classic beam bite. Yeah. And we like take pictures. It's like a badge of honor. It is. Nothing's worse than getting a beam bite in the winter though, guys, when you can't wear shorts and show that baby off. Yeah. Nobody can tell. Nothing. Exactly. (laughs) I always think it's funny when you have like a new gymnast, a young gymnast, and they like get their first rip and they just look horrified and every coach is like, yes. Well, I'm like, oh, sweetie, it won't be your last. (laughs) So I'm always like, that's awesome. You want me to rip it off? And then they look at me like I'm a serial killer. Oh, yeah. And then they run to their mom and I'm like, mom, you do actually want to take that skin off. (laughs) Yeah. Or they're like, can I have a Band-Aid for my rip if they, like, took the skin off already? I'm like, no, you don't need a Band-Aid for your rip. Yeah. Jump back in line. A little spit in it. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) It is coronavirus time. There will be no spit in our rips. Yeah, we're just kidding. Sensitive issue. Speaking of baby soft hands, I'm sort of afraid for everybody's calluses. Well, they're going to have baby soft hands when we come back. Oh, yeah. Tell everyone to go find a local park that is unoccupied. And go swing on the monkey bars. Right? Seriously. 
Oh, well, some some of the kids, uh, to be honest, because we're in the middle of season, some of the kids sort of needed a break because mm-hmm. their hands were like raw. So for some kids, it's good healing time as long as it doesn't last too long. Yes. All right, you're up. Okay. Um, well, as a retired gym rat, I really miss so much about being an like active gymnast. I miss obviously doing so many of the skills, what I would give to just jump up there and do some giants right now. Like the ability to mentally do the skill in your head, but your body can't do it anymore. I feel that. Well, and I think it's worse because there's so much I know now as a coach that I feel like I really didn't as a gymnast. And so I little details, honestly, and so I think about, oh, man, if I would have, you know, had all these extra tools that I have now, like the knowledge that I have now, how much better of a gymnast I could have been. Oh, I totally agree. But the funny thing is, you know, our coaches were telling us. Oh, for sure. Because I was trained by your mom as a gymnast <laughs> and a coach. <laughs> yeah, it's just funny because you know that they were like beating it into our heads. But I feel like your brain develops a little in yes. adult. Well, obviously, it definitely develops a little in adulthood. But after teaching it, you like really learn through teaching, I feel. I also feel that karma is real because I have coached so many of me's. Um, you're stepping heel first step toe first I feel like your mom said that to me for a good four years in high school oh yeah I also like this is part of the reason like some of our little psychos I have to love because I I was always a really really hard worker but I also would like goof around and get really hyper so I have a hard time I feel like I'm sort of a hypocrite if I get too frustrated when they goof around because that was totally me (laughs) I mean, I got my stuff done, but still. Yes, but you had fun in, in, the, in the process. Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, I have a good one. You have had compulsory floor music stuck in your head. I used to joke that I listened to that in my car. <laughs> <laughs> when like Marnie's group, that group was little. I said, yeah. yeah, girls, I drive down the hallway I mean, the hallway, drive down the highway and listen to the flute version. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was so excited when they told us they were going to have three versions. And it's like, it's bad, worse and absolutely atrocious. I know. And I love it because Joe, one of our other coaches said that the flute version sounds like the Renaissance Festival, which you'll never be able to unhear that next time you hear it. That's so funny. (laughs) Sounds like medieval times. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty terrible. Uh, But yes, the compulsory floor music. And I also feel like you can define a generation based on compulsory routines. Yes. And I love talking to people who had the same compulsory floor routines as me because they changed so much. I mean, I had a side aerial in my level six compulsory routine and now it's a front tuck. Yeah. Were you the weird torgete routine? Where they had to like turn and click yeah. their heel. Ah. And then back, then you did, we did back walkover, back extension roll in one of them. I mean, we had a lot of weird. Oh yeah. Mine was weird too. We had a sideways body wave where you had to like roll your knees in towards each other what? and then turn and do it. Yeah. It was weird. And then I was like the weird generation too, where we went level seven compulsory. And then all of a sudden they changed seven to optional. So then we had to go seven optional. Oh, Yana didn't have us 
Diana was my uh, coach up until high school. She may only had us compete one level seven me and then bumped us to eight. She would oh, yeah. had us skip certain levels. We skipped four and seven. I don't oh, know. Mine was super weird. I went like six compulsory. Then I did a couple meets at eight optional. Then I did seven compulsory. Then I went seven optional, then back to eight optional because the seven optional became a new thing. Right. It was weird. That is strange. I, I think another gym rat thing is terminology in general. Uh, I'll find myself talking about skills that the girls get. Oh man, I'm, I'm so excited that something like a kip that every yeah. gymnast knows, but like, Oh, she's so close to getting her kip. Oh, the, at the meet the other weekend when Sarah made her kip, I literally cried. And oh yeah. Everybody cried. <laughs> called Jamie afterwards and was like, one of my girls made her kip for the first time at the meet. Oh, a kip is how you get on the bars. <laughs> Yeah. They, oh, non-gymnasts have no idea. Right. I don't think I forget that. No. And trying to like explain it to non-gymnasts too. They just, you could tell it's like you're speaking calculus to somebody who's still in elementary math. They just like glaze over. Okay. The gloss dies. You're like, uh, that's right. like, it's just how you get on the bars. Okay. Yeah. yeah and it's really hard. Okay. <laughs> it's big. It's big skill. It's hard to learn. Uh. Oh, okay. I have a good one. You are a gym rat if you know what chalk and pit foam tastes like, unfortunately. Yes. Pit foam is surprisingly grainy, like sand. Oh, and it has that really weird, nasty, bitter, chemically taste. And it's like you never want to get it in your mouth. I think that's like the fire retardant. It's not yummy. No. Oh, and really, that's terrible. (laughs) But yeah, I have like a distinct memory of what it tastes like for the couple times that I like ate it face first or something. Mm, yeah. But I like that that's the traumatic part is the way that the, the foam tasted and not the fact that you landed in the pit face first. That is so true. That is like <laughs> the most vivid part of that memory. Like, bleh. <laughs> and then it tasted terrible. Yeah. Oh, man. And chalk. The only reason I know what chalk tastes like is because I was like a gross kid and probably like, I remember like back in my day when we were little, we used to like spit on our hands a little bit. I I did that on my grips up until I graduated. (laughs) Well, except for our gym, because we add a little bit of pop to our water. But other in at regionals, their water would be it seemed like it was too slick. So I just used spit. And this is the reason that we can't have nice things. This is why the gymnasiums have to be closed during the coronavirus. <laughs> it's because gyms is like Jessica spit on the bars. <laughs> oh, man. How many what more about, items do you have on your list here? Um, I think, well, I have gymnast fingers, hands. I physically don't know how to do, I don't even know what would be normal hands. I find myself doing, you know, the pretty gymnast hands on everything. I mean, I'll raise my hand. When I was a student in college, I'd raise my hand like I'm saluting. Like you're saluting the teacher. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, oh, yeah? Do you have a question? Like, what is this? <laughs> oh, sorry. I don't know how to do a normal hand. That's so- hilarious. <laughs> but, yeah, dancers always, like, go nuts over gymnast hands. Like, my older yeah. daughter is dancer natural and she's always like what are you people doing with your hands and I'm like it's pretty oh my gosh how funny she's yeah, like it does. 
Well, like the dogs. You want the dog ears. The what? The dog ears. What? Oh, what is that? With the fingers, like when you're teaching the little kids, you make those like little dogs with your hands to teach oh, them. I've never of... done that. No. Okay. Do you know what I'm talking about? Okay. Well, now I'm like making dog okay. hands. So take your, your ring finger and your middle finger and put them closer together and then kind of bite the, the thumb. So it's like a dog ears would be your pinky well, now, and your pointer. Now I'm doing like rock star hands. Yeah, rock on in my leap. I did one gymnast hand though, and like dog, I guess, and the other one was alien, like a Spock. <laughs> and I don't know why, but I noticed it in my regional pictures one year. I was like, "Whoa, my right hand always turns into Spock." Oh, that's funny. It's no, I always usually tell them like, pretend like someone's pulling on your middle finger and your thumb harder than the other hand or the other fingers. Oh, I like that. Yeah. But sometimes it really drives me crazy when we're on the beam and they, like, cup their hands and look like little Barbie dolls. Oh, yeah, all their fingers are pulled together. Yeah, and it looks super awkward. Nora, you do fists. Oh, yeah, I've seen the fists. I always, like, joke that they're fighting. Or Juju has, like, the thriller arms, like the dead zombie arms. Oh, yeah. So does Jillian. I can't, like, get them to straighten their arms. Yeah, like... (laughs) Like strange arms and they look at me. I'm like, do you feel them straight? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's like their arms aren't connected to their body sometimes. Yeah. One more is the cracking joints. Oh, yeah. I have woken Lyndon up. Lyndon is my baby. I've woken him up. Walking by his crib and I'm just like, snap, crackle, pop. Oh, I totally sound, exactly, snap, crackle, pop. I sound like Rice Krispies when I walk down the stairs. Yes. Oh, yeah. Or, like, I've even, like, been doing conditioning with the girls, and they're doing push-ups, and you can hear their little elbows, like, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're like, oh, man, that's it. We could, like, do our own beatboxing with gymnast joints. Ooh, how fun. And it just sounds fun saying gymnast joints. (laughs) (laughs) That could be be the name of the track. It could be, like, a sick collabo. (laughs) Gymnast joints. (laughs) Work from Denver School Gymnastics. Okay, so I have one more where it's uh, you have played in the chalk box at some point. Yeah. Well, I mean, we all have to admit it. Yeah, we can deny, but you're lying. <sighs> yeah, like face paint, body paint, the little chalk tattoos they give you with their side of their grips. Yes. They still yeah. put chalk handprints on me. Oh, or on each other. I'm always like, ladies, it's inappropriate to put chalk handprints on each other's bums. <laughs> They're like, the okay. Yeah. Yeah. What, what is your biggest chalk box pet peeve as a coach? Chalk boogers. Don't oh, when do they like that. that. Where they put the water on their grip and then they wipe the wet, slimy chalk off on the side of the bucket. That is truly disgusting. Ashley used to do it on the cables of the bars. Ew. Yeah, so then every time you set the bars, you get these chalk bookers on you. It's gross. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, that is gross. I think mine is, like, pretty traditional just when, like, they continuously go back to the chalk box and spend like a really unnecessary amount of time in there when we're supposed to be doing bars or they chalk up after they've fallen on one skill. Yes. Yes. I just had a conversation 
with one of the level eights about that last week. She did a kip and didn't get a full handstand. So she came down, starts chalking up. I said, really? You need chalk up after kip? <laughs> yeah, right. Because your, your routine is actually a lot more skills than that. So yeah, I've actually <laughs> taken the chalk box away. I took it away one day. I like picked it up and I moved it over between the bars closer to where like I stand and they had to basically like come over there and quickly chalk up and get back in line so that they wouldn't try to congregate. Cause I was like losing it. <laughs> They're like, don't test her. <laughs> this is not the time. This is not the time. At our Vada gymnastics, they made, he, sometimes Mac would make us take, use the chalk off the ground. Cause he'd be mad at us. So he wouldn't let us go to the chalk box. So we had to use the chalk off the mats. <laughs> It's like a two for one. He probably just didn't want to sweep the mats. He's like, everybody get your hands down on the ground. It's kind of gross, though. Yeah, it's super not, like, the best okay. way to do it. Oh, yeah. I'm just like, the more we're talking right now, I realize that gymnasts are gross. Oh, yeah. That's why, I mean, with all this coronavirus going around, it really, although unfortunate, was a good decision to take a break right now. Yeah, it's just super hard because we're all gym rats. We're like staying away from our little rat den and it's so sad. But what a be what better time to start our podcast? True, true. And this is so necessary. So necessary. Thank you so much for having Absolutely. And I have very one very last one before we wrap up our first podcast episode. Okay. My very last one is that you are more at home at the gym than almost any other place on earth. I think that is so true. And with the people that you're at the gym with. I have, at my wedding, I was like, okay, I'm going to need these two tables for my family. And then these two tables for my gym family. Yeah. And then a table for other. <laughs> oh, it's so true. You just spend so much time together that it really is family. And just so that our listeners know, I was actually Jessica's officiant at her wedding. And Adri did an amazing job if you're oh. looking for an officiant. Well, thank you. <laughs> I, I'm off the market, though. I really only do it for gymnasts. I guess, well, I guess that's everybody on this podcast, so sure. Hey, that's, who's, that's prior listeners. That's true. I guess I am available. <laughs> well, I think that went very well. I'm really excited to continue to do this. Yeah, even with our third time start, we got it. I know. I think we officially figured it out. So I'm excited to continue to figure it out and to keep um, recording more podcasts and to share it with our gymnasts. And hopefully we will go far beyond that. Yeah. Thank uh, you. So thank you everybody for listening. And we look forward to more time here on the chalk box, the gymnastics podcast for gym rats. See you later, everybody. Bye. Inside my mind, steep in the afterlife Watch you watching the colors rise Summer twilight skies on fire Never wishing I was somewhere else Held on to you like Loctite Getting through it when it hurt like hell Feels like the only thing you've done right It's a star, it's a light, it's a signal fire It's the sound of your voice cutting through the night it's a song, it's a note, it's a quiet sigh Keeps me dancing through the static, everything's alright I think we were born for it 
I was a kid Hear your footsteps run to the door On the corner where you live Never wishing I was someone else We let it all go at midnight Looking at the stars to find ourselves Full of life inspired at the same time It's a star, it's a light, it's a signal fire It's the sound of your voice cutting through the night It's a song, it's a note, it's reflected light Keeps us dancing through the static and I hear you sigh So